0: What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, go! Oh, There's a
1: lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can...
0: item minimum pan piece of bone and wings and bread bowls will be extra ask for this limited time offer prices participation delivery area and charges may vary
2: it's cutting into your exercise time <laughs> it's stabbing you in the back nine <laughs> and it's attacking your peace of mind <sighs> it's pain and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live cbd medic targets your pain at its source it's fast acting relief with active otc ingredients plus the added benefits of thc free hemp oil get back to your life with cbd medic available online and at cbs
0: What's going on? Straight Talk Faithful, your host George McKay. I'm back again in the building with another very exciting interview. Very jacked to have this young lady on the show. Um, I've been following her career for a little bit now. She actually followed me first and I followed her back and then we've been been kind of following each other on the socials and I was super excited to see her uh, this past weekend at Revolution where I saw her. Uh, Fortunately, she wasn't able to wrestle in the ring, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the interview. But for right now, please welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, Shiloh. How are you, my dear?
1: I'm doing good. How are you? You know,
0: I can't complain. It's Thursday night, and I'm about to talk some wrestling. So I'm excited. (laughs)
1: Awesome. Well, I'm I'm glad you wanted to chat with me. This was fun.
0: Oh, I always want to chat with any great talent. Anytime I get to talk wrestling with someone who loves it just as much as I do, it makes the interview so much, that much more fun. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So the one question I always ask, it's kind of my standard one-on-one question, is the defining moment, as I call it. Everyone has that moment where they fell in love with this business we're going to be talking about today. Do you remember your defining moment?
1: Um, very vividly. Uh, my... My sort of uh, introduction to wrestling is a little bit different than, than most people that I know and train with and that this isn't something that I followed growing up, this isn't something that I was into um, until I, by chance I, would, I ended up watching a pay-per-view and uh, I, I didn't even really want to watch it but I was, you know, I was trying to kill some time and about halfway through the pay-per-view I was just kind of mesmerized at what was happening. And this is SummerSlam 2017 I believe. Um, I heard that there was going to be, you know, some snacks and some beers, and I figured I'd go hang out, and uh, next thing you know, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) So, by the end of that pay-per-view, um, I, I publicly declared that I was going to be a wrestler, which was sort of a ridiculous thing to say, but, uh, yeah, shortly after that, I started researching schools, and, uh, you know, a couple months later, I was at the factory, so.
0: That's right Mr. Tyson Dukes who I actually had the pleasure to have on my show a couple of episodes back. So one thing I asked him and this is what I was always intrigued by his answer was um like you know do you do you put a lot of stock in everyone that walks in or do you do you treat anybody different when you kind of see that they get it from the get go? And the one thing he said to me was he said it's not about that. It's about how hard they're willing to work. And if they're willing to put the work in, then I'm willing to put the time in. And I think that's a statement that reigns true. How about you in terms of training with him so far?
1: Um, I can't think of somebody who is less likely to find success in this business than me. To be honest, I when I first uh, approached Tyson, I messaged him on Facebook through the page. Uh, and I almost it was almost like a warning. I said to him, i was like, look, I am incredibly out of shape. At the time, I was overweight. Um, I was smoking. Um You know, I was incredibly unhealthy, and I just said, hey, like, is this, what should I do to prepare myself for this? And he said, we will work with you in any state that you come to me in, um, but you just have to be willing to put the work in. And, you know, I was, I was super nervous, it's it's scary starting something like that, but when I I got there, there you know, there was a, there was like a a camaraderie that you can't really, you can't really describe, and I almost immediately, like, it, it was so hard, like, when I first started, it was so hard. But I didn't want to go because I just liked the way that I felt being there. So, so Tyson definitely, Tyson definitely makes an effort to make people feel uh, included and in like they're they're going to be able to do this. As long as he sees that you're putting the work in, then then he's going to work with you. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And he's such a candid, great individual. And the fact that he balances his whole you know work life schedule with putting on the shows that he puts on mm-hmm. with Smash. And the wrestling school and his family life—he just welcomed a new baby too, so he's probably running on zero sleep. As yeah, I yeah, totally. Um,
1: between the, um, and he, you know between uh, his own shows and and all the work that he does with Smash and what he all the things that he does for for his students. It's I don't imagine he gets too much sleep, especially with a new baby. But <laughs> we appreciate it that's for sure
0: hundred percent. So talk to me about the first bump. I'm always, I love, I love hearing everyone's responses about the first bump. Cause some people said, oh, you know, it killed me for weeks. And other people said I got right back up and wanted to do it again. Tell me about your experience with your first bump.
1: I, uh, <laughs> I was so, I was so green when I, when I first started, I didn't even know what the term met I didn't know what a bump was I didn't know what a heel was or a face I, I knew nothing so it was uh I guess I didn't understand how quickly I was going to be falling and just like throwing myself into the mat and I think that I I did my best to kind of hype myself up and get into it. but it, I mean it hurts it's um I remember practicing uh back bumps it was, real, it was really hard for me because I was struggling to get over the instinct to protect yourself and uh like just Learning to fall down and just fall down and not catch yourself and not put your arms back. It's, uh, it took me a bit of time to be able to even work up to that point. Like, I couldn't just go out and do it. I I was, you know, holding onto the ropes and falling, and it was, it was kind of a silly, uh, silly process that I had to go through to get there. But, uh, for my first, after my first, uh, uh, training, my first set of training, I went home and I was like almost in tears. I was covered in bruises. I didn't know how I was gonna you know, keep doing it but I I kept going back so I must have enjoyed something better, right? So it's crazy. You don't really expect it to be as intense as it is. But then there's almost like the intensity that scares you is also the intensity that you fall in love with.
0: For sure, and you know what, I've heard that response before, and I think that's what intrigues me the most. I mean, one day I'm going to have to, because my fans are going to clamor for it, they're going to say, you got to get in the ring. <laughs> you can't just talk about it anymore, you got you got to get in the ring. So, I mean, I won't go in and have a match, but I'll definitely, on my YouTube page or something, I'm going to have to put a training session. I just got to find the right person that's going to train with me. Maybe, maybe that could be you. <laughs> okay, it could be,
1: it. and then I would be more than willing if... Uh... When I when I uh, when I go back because I'm injured
0: currently, when I go back, I'll be I'll be a little bit uh, a little bit rusty. So we can we can just roll around a little bit and get back to where we should be. So. Perfect. I mean, I am like you were when you started. I'm completely out of overweight. I'm out of shape. I smoke like a chimney, but I do have to quit because by the time this episode airs, it will be my daughter's tenth birthday, and that's all she okay. wanted for her birthday was for daddy to quit smoking. So I got to do that for her.
1: Well, you're, you're
0: saying this to an audience now, so your public declaration. Yes. You've, oh, look, Shiloh, you're, you're, playing, you're playing with the public declaration. I love it. I love it. You're playing, you're playing me on my own show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about the injury a little bit, but um, after you trained and you progressed and you kind of got the green light, how was that mm-hmm. first match? That first match, stepping through the curtain for the first time?
1: pretty high stroke like i i just i like i like things like i don't i don't like saying i'm a perfectionist because I, i'm okay with letting some stuff slide but for the most part I just, I just get satisfaction of making sure things are done right and it's really hard to guarantee that something like this is going to be done perfectly and it's not it's never going to be perfect when you first start out. so it for me it was really really nerve-wracking going into that situation um knowing that uh in all likelihood, it wasn't going to be a perfect match. I was going to watch it back. There was going to be things I didn't like. It was really scary, and I had also, um, I had also had a uh, shoulder injury, which I was still I was able to work through, which is good. But I was sore, and uh, it was the pre-show. Um, like my first full match was a pre-show for uh, Smash versus Impact. So knowing that there was like that the some of the Impact guys with it, like that was really scary too. So it was like. Uh, all all of that stuff put together for you know cameras and all, the whole thing it, it was it was a lot it was super uh, super nerve but it was a it was a pretty cool thing when you're when you get back and you're done and you, you kind of can pat yourself on the back and know that you finish it.
0: For sure. I mean, anytime, anytime you guys like I appreciate anybody that has the guts and the tenacity to step in that ring, because what you guys do is not easy. A lot of people see it as just, you know, uh, people rolling around the ring together, people like, you know, uh, predetermined winners and losers. And it really is so much more than that. Uh, my former co host actually used to put it the best. It's It's like having two dance partners in the ring. And when you're able to have somebody that feeds off of your intensity and your charisma and your work ethic, it sometimes makes the match 10 times better. So in terms of your career as it stands now, I mean, it's at a standstill because of the injury, but in terms of your career, has there been a match so far that you've had against someone that you look back or you watch back and you go, damn, thus far, that right there, that match is my best body of work to date.
1: Yeah, I had a match with with Violet Lee and Aurelia really, um, that I got to see the footage of after that. I I, I was really afraid of. Um, I, it, it was it was scary. Like I, I, it was scary because I didn't feel like it went that well. But watching it back, I kind of had that moment of relief. I was like, you know what, that was that was good, and I could see myself progressing from when I first started. Like my very very first time in the ring in front of people was actually with Joey Threat, but it was a very very quick. Like it was like two or three minutes. Like it was super fast. Um, and when you're working with somebody like Jody, she's a, she's a pro. That was basically, um, her just guiding me around and making sure that, you know, I was safe and she, she, she just took the reins and was amazing. Um, so to go from something like that where I'm pretty much at the mercy to somebody else who's, who's taking care of me to, to a, like an actual match, um, that, you know, I helped put together and I, I, I felt confident about after watching back, it back, kind of cool.
0: So. Do you ever watch back yourself and, and, and notice things that, you know, because I'm sure every wrestler, from what I've heard, most wrestlers are perfectionists. You want to be 100% <laughs> all the time. So when you go back and you watch footage of yourself and you see something so simple that was a minuscule mistake that doesn't even count, that fans probably didn't even notice, do you get frustrated with yourself? Like, oh, why did you do that?
1: Oh yeah, totally. Of course, of course. Those are the things because those little, those little things that you don't notice are things that, like, over you know, uh, over an entire match, if, if you do enough, those little things it becomes it just kind of uh, impacts the overall uh, overall match itself. So, like, if you're doing a bunch of little floppy stuff here and there, by the end, it makes the match feel sloppy. Those are like tightening those screws of how you become a great wrestler, and being able to recognize when you're doing that stuff and 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 correcting that behavior is how you get better, and and the best wrestlers are the ones that have those little things that they, they sort of pepper into the match that you almost don't pick up on, but they just kind of like bring everything to the next level. That's how you can separate the good from the great, and that's, uh, whether it's little facials or, you know, whatever it is, there's, there's always, those little things do add up, so you always want to watch that stuff and make sure that you're aware that it's happening
0: very true very true i I agree with everything you're saying i can't disagree with a single thing you're saying and that's great that makes this that makes an interview so much more enjoyable when i can't say well wait a minute now hold on because again i'm not i'm not a guy who uh i don't do what you do i've watched it my entire life but um tell me about influences like you said you watched SummerSlam 2017 and by the end of the pay-per-view where you were completely mesmerized what about influences who do you in a professional standpoint, like I mean like the WWE, because you're all professionals, but like somebody in the WWE, maybe AEW, who out there right now is somebody that you recognize as like an idol, somebody you look up to for inspiration?
1: Well, it's kind of strange too, because like the way that I was introduced to wrestling is obviously very different than a lot of people. But when I really fell in love with wrestling was when I started to follow uh, the Gargano and Champa cute. Mm -hmm. and I became emotionally invested in in the storyline. Like, that was a really cool thing because that was when I was kind of like, okay, this is, it was more than just people acting ridiculous in the ring because I think for uh, SummerSlam, it was like the New Day or something. I was getting like an idiot. like, you know, like this is hilarious and ridiculous and I'm having so much fun, but that was the first time I became actually like emotionally invested and I realized the value in in storytelling and, and wrestling and things like that. So it was sort of a different, um, a different way to to understand it, and it made me love it even more. So that was like, uh, um, Tommaso Ciampa was like my like my first favorite wrestler. Um, I'm a huge uh, I love Kenny Omega, and that's kind of like something that everybody knows as well. Because again, like his ability to to tell stories and all the little things is, it's I don't know. It's it's, it's different wrestlers have different things that I do enjoy. And there's still so much for me to learn. So while a lot of people were watching this stuff growing up and they've kind of, they fixated on one person or there's one like wrestle they try to emulate, I'm still learning so much about so many people because it's all still really brand new to me. So I have the luxury of, of, of experiencing things for the first time still. So that's kind of cool.
0: That is super cool. And anytime you want a hardcore education, you and I can get together and I can show you the world. I could show you everything that you might not have seen.
1: Well, and, and that's the thing is that there's so much, and there's so much history. Like, I at first, I mean, still, I was, sometimes I'm still a little bit, like, I don't want to say embarrassed, but, like, it's, it's tough when people are talking about, like, uh, hit wrestling history and stuff. And I just don't know. And that is because of how new all of this is to me. And at first, I used to hate to admit that I didn't know things. And now I'm getting more comfortable with the fact that, like, I, you know, it's not on me that I just, happen to stumble across this a bit later in life and there's going to be times where I don't have a clue what people are talking about but it's always an opportunity for me to learn new stuff and it's, it's cool because anytime I hear like a piece of history or something that maybe I didn't know before it's like a, it's like another opportunity for me to be like yeah this is awesome so I'm lucky that I still have that because it's, it's not something that you know the magic kind of wears off for some people and they've been immersed in, in wrestling for so long and I still get to enjoy that a little bit so I've, I've kind of Try to, try to stop feeling silly or embarrassed but not knowing things and try to embrace the fact that it's kind of still
0: new and fun so and I think that's the right attitude to have I I, I hate those people and I've come across some of them who are just know-it-alls they think they know everything it about the smug. business yeah they're so smart yeah. you're 100% right yeah. and I I look at that as an opportunity too because I have a vast knowledge I've been a fat wrestling mm-hmm. fan since I was <coughs> excuse me I've been a wrestling fan since I was five six years old So I have, I've watched a ton of it. And even there's a couple of times where I fell off for maybe a year or six months, but I fell right right back into it because you don't just stop loving wrestling. You may at that point stop loving who's the top talent of a certain company, but you don't stop loving the business for what it is. I think when you're a wrestling fan, it's, it's like anything else. You are a wrestling fan to be cliche for life. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, for sure. That's just the way it comes. So I actually want to ask a question about your, your public declaration to become a wrestler in 2017. <laughs> okay. When, when you were at this pay-per-view and you were maybe in front of your friends and stuff like that, and then you went home and you sat down with mom and dad, and you kind of looked at them and you said, guys, you know what? This is what <laughs> I want to do. How was the reaction of of mom and dad?
1: Okay, so I, uh, I'm from a family that, uh, you know, pursuing a passion has been a sort of my upbringing. And this is, uh, you know, I've i pursued several different avenues in my life. I've done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and I've kind of chased a few different dreams. And that is because I was always encouraged to do that as a child. Uh, my dad's a musician. And he is, gosh, seventy Something seven seventy seven maybe this year. He's still playing shows. He toured. Um, you know, when I was uh, when I was younger, he's playing playing music the whole time. that I grew up, and it's actually how my parents met. And I'm actually a musician as well. Like I was I was raised in a, in a household that that encouraged uh, creativity and, and doing the things you love. And I actually was um, I actually played in a band before I, I started all the wrestling stuff. But that's all kind of taken a back seat so when I, my dad, uh, you know, he laughed, he laughed, the first thing he did was laugh and he's just, just said, that's awesome. So he's really excited, he's um, living out in, in PEI right now and he came down uh, a couple of months, two months ago, and unfortunately I actually had a match that he would have been able to see because I had a match booked, but I had to cancel it because Landry, so he hasn't actually seen you wrestle live, so I'm really hoping that once I get back in the ring, um, I can make it that way so he can see me work.
0: That's awesome. When you have that support system, that makes things strive more harder and makes you work that much, that much harder to achieve those goals because you have those people behind you that you know will catch you, will always be there to have your back. And that's a huge point. Like, I encourage both my daughters. I mean, one's only three. So right now we're just encouraging her to, uh, use the toilet all the time. And the other, the other one is, is nine years old and she's kind of stuck to this dream right away of being a veterinarian. She wants to just help animals. She loves animals. So, uh, we've encouraged that right from the get go. She wants to open up her own business. She's got a million dollar idea already and she's nine years old. I'm thinking, geez, where was that drive when I was nine? I didn't have that I, I just wanted to watch video watch wrestling and play video games and read comic books you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah I'm probably still eating my own snot <laughs> that's yeah. pretty impressive I, I mean it's like I know people that are in this industry I know people that do like a lot of stuff They're like, pursuing a dream or something that they love to do and you know the, whether it's their family or the people closest to them it's met with a little bit of um, hesitation or even like I don't know a judgment and, and it sucks it's for people who, uh, you know, wanna talk about something that they're excited about or they're passionate about and it's, it's kind of not not treated with the respect that it deserves. Because you might not understand why somebody loves something, but when you care about a person it shouldn't matter why they love something, you should just want them to be happy, you know? So, so I'm, I'm really lucky, and sometimes I'm, I lose sight of that, so I like these new little moments where I can think and kind of appreciate that I do have family that supports the things
0: that I do. Uh, yeah, exactly, and kudos to your family for supporting you, and kudos to you that even if they didn't support you, you would probably still be following your dream, and that's the most important thing, and then eventually, over time, they probably would eventually come to one of your shows, see you, and yeah. be like, you know what? I get why she's doing this because she's absolutely fantastic at what she does.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's hard for it's hard to go to a show. Like I've had friends come to my shows just to support me and stuff. They don't know anything about wrestling, and uh, afterwards they're like, "That was so cool," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know. That's why I'm here." Like it's you don't really know the the energy um, at a show, especially like an in any show that the, the crowds are more intimate. Like I've seen, um, like I went to SmackDown, and I went to actually I went to Mania. Uh, this past year, so I like that's a really cool experience seeing these big shows. But when you're at a, a small show like that, just the way that the wrestlers can interact with the crowd and the way that everybody, the camaraderie that comes along with, with with wrestling, that you know, it's it's infectious. So it's hard to go see a show, even if you're not a wrestling fan. It's hard to go see a show and not kind of get caught up in all the excitement.
0: Oh, 100%. Like, we were, when we saw, we saw you, I ran into you at the uh, Revolution this past weekend. Or, or I should say, sorry, the weekend of September 14th, because this will air much later, obviously. But, um, <laughs> what I ran into you was me, my good buddy Joe, my other good buddy Jeff, my good buddy Chops, and a couple of other new wrestling fans that I had just met, like, for the first time at that show. And the six of us sat right in the front row. We were right to the left side of the entrance. And when every wrestler came out, I think we were the loudest section in the room. <laughs> I know exactly where you were sitting. <laughs> yeah, we were we were the <laughs> ones who were, we were there going, you know, every time Michelle would go up to Mike, it'd be like, this next match is scheduled for one fall. We were one fall. We were the ones who were, when the crowd was going silent, we would be like wrestling. So people would like, you know. That's so,
1: that's so cool though. That's so cool because other people pick up on that energy and, and uh, it starts, to it's like a wave. It just goes through to the crowd and people kind of get the, uh, they kind of accept that it's okay to make some noise and get excited and that's, I love that. I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's the best part about being a wrestling fan is because I have the voice that just bellows. Right now, I, I, I sound like I'm I'm bellowing on a stage, you know, like that, but that's just my voice carries. So for me, even when I'm yelling, you know, wrestling, it's not really yelling, it's just me raising the tone of my voice just slightly to the point where I can carry it across an entire arena. That's good though. Yeah, it is. That's it's, I mean. well, and that's why I decided to start this podcast because my voice is just so damn beautiful that I had to share it with the world. <laughs> I had to. Well, you know what? I'm enjoying it, so hey, there we go. I appreciate me, that. You know, to, to
1: share my voice, which is, I'm just constantly talking.
0: So I love it, That's though. I love it. I love when you can. I love when you can gab back and forth. But now, I do want to turn it to from this lighthearted interview that we had. I do want to go a little serious. So on okay. June June 6th, on your Facebook page, you released a statement, and I kind of read over it before I called you. I'm not going to get into okay. it, but we we know Great. that unfortunately on May 1st, you you blew out your knee during a routine drill. And you thought it was just a, a meniscus uh, or a bucket handle tear. It turned out to be a complete ACL tear. And now you're out for a year doing the full recovery. And one part of the statement that I, I really loved about it was just because how candid and honest you are. And that's why I was so excited to talk to you. uh, was just the last paragraph. I'm just going to read it back to you. For those of you that have supported me, I am so insanely grateful. The past year has been life-changing in so many ways. And as it stands, I feel I've gotten way more out of this community than I've been able to get back yet or give back yet. I hoped to level this playing field by continuing to contribute over the next year in any way I can. For those of you that want to continue to support me while I take time off work to rehab, hit me up for a shirt. Every little bit helps. (laughs) See you guys in a year. I love you. But this was my favorite part. I'm not done yet. Yeah. And that's what I love. So, but tell me about when you, when you go to the doctor, and unfortunately, you find out this tragic news that you thought it was one thing and it turned out to be something that's going to put you out a little bit longer than you yeah. expect it to be i don't I know I don't want to drudge up those memories. What was it uh, okay. what What was going through your head when you were hearing this news? Um, when it happened, it was
1: kind of like I, I hurt myself a lot, like I broke my wrist last year This the time I was in a cat and broke my wrist. Um, I've, I've had a partial tear in my shoulder, like, I, I've done, like, I've hurt myself a bunch, and I always joke that it's kind of some cost, like, everyone's saying, like, you know, you hurt yourself again, uh, are you done? Yeah, I'm like, I'm, 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 hanging, I'm hanging, I'm blood, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm gonna keep doing this, I've, 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 it's taken too much for me, so it was, it was never a thought, like, I never thought, okay, well, I'm done now, like, this was never, I never thought I was going to stop, but it was, it was tough to go from like, um, you know, this is something that you're going to, you're going to be up maybe two to three months, um, to a year is, it was kind of a weird, a weird thing because I already had it in my head that it wasn't going to be that long. So that kind of took, it was kind of, it was kind of shocking. Like when it, when it happened, it, I felt the pop in my knee. And I just kind of stopped and it was at, it was at practice. It wasn't during a, during a, a live match or anything. So Tyson just kind of looked at me and I this was like, ow. And he just kind of looked at me and said, okay, we'll roll out. So I went over to, uh, to a bench that we had there and I had obviously lots of friends that trained at the, the factory with me and everyone was like, are you okay? And I said, I don't think so, but I didn't know because it actually hurt my knee. Um, almost a year prior and it turned out to be nothing like it hurt it hurt more when it when it turned out to be nothing than it did this time so I was like you know it's probably probably a week off and I'll, I'll be good so I actually didn't go to the doctor for about two weeks because I thought like it was really swollen but
2: I was like you know what I, I'll just it'll be fine I'll, you know I'll walk it off kind of thing and then when the swelling didn't go down I went and got checked out
1: he the doctor that I saw uh was pretty confident it was my meniscus so again I was like okay that's not so bad. Then they had to do the scope and they went in and found out um, what happened. And um, I had kind of a, I don't know, it, it was was—it was a weird feeling because in my head I was like, well, I knew I wasn't going to stop wrestling, but at the same time, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, this is my whole life right now. So it's, it's not only that I love wrestling and I love doing this and I can't do it for a long time, but this is something that I was doing um, training several nights a week in the gym. Um, it was shows on weekends and, and doing all this stuff, and then it, that was just all gone. So that was like a weird adjustment to go from having this, um, this like jam-packed schedule where I was, where I was doing this stuff all the time to, to sort of, I don't want to say nothing, but like, you know, I couldn't walk very well, and it, it, it was, it was, it was very shocking. It was very kind of, kind of, it became real once I realized that I was sitting at home while practice was going on. So it was, uh, it was it was interesting. Obviously it comes to terms with by this point and I'm lucky because I am staying involved in as many ways as I can. So figure out smash shows and stuff. I'm usually like at the door but I'm always there, um, you know, selling merch or, or walking around or whatever, but it's it it it's hard knowing that I'm, you know, not doing what I wanna be doing at those shows at this point. So that's life
0: though. Right. And, and you know what? And that's unfortunate. You have a great mindset and I appreciate that. And it's unfortunate that it happened. But one thing I could say is, is let me paint a little picture for you right now. You're already, you're already two months in. So we're talking 10 more months or, or eight more months. You got to go. And then we're there. Uh-huh. Let's paint this picture. It's eight months later. Shiloh is cleared to get back in the ring. Uh-huh. She appears at a show. I'm not going to name a show, just a show. And she comes out of the curtain, and standing in front of her is the one opponent she's been eyeing to get her hands on for a full year. Who is that opponent that you want to tangle with the minute you are able to get back in that ring? That's tough.
2: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually
1: given that um, a lot of thought. There's a lot of people that I, there's a lot of a lot of girls that I would love to get the ring with. Um, for, for like a lot of different reasons but if this was like well, I, I would want I would want to go for a belt <laughs> whoever, told me, whoever told me about that promotion is where I'd want to be going at that moment because I think that would be a really cool way to sort of uh, you know solidify my comeback I think that there's like even at Revolution this weekend that just passed there's so much talent I just watching these girls rest, I'm like I want to get in the ring with all of them I can't wait to get in the ring with CC Moss after uh, sort of what went down at uh, Revolution, that's going to be awesome. I would love to work uh, uh, some of the girls that came from, the, or like the girls that came from the Maritimes, like uh, Madison Miles would be cool. Finale is a legend. Like there's, there's so many, there's so much talent that I just want my like, dad love to get my hands on all of them.
0: <laughs> you know what? I actually think that one you should go right at, right away. I just interviewed her, and I think. That- you and her would mix it up insanely well. And that's Masha Slamovich.
1: Oh, she, yeah, that would be a blast. That would be a blast. She's, uh, she's great. I love what she's doing. And, uh, she's like, she's just, just working so hard and she's constantly like, I don't, you probably follow her on social media. Just, Cause working shows and getting better and better. It's really cool to watch, uh, watch all the stuff she's doing and
0: by the time I get back she knows where she'll be I don't even know if she'll be within my reach but if she is that'd be amazing uh, her power is scary it is yeah. scary like she she took on Divya Revolution and uh, Divya yeah. put on a great match she fought hard but I told Masha during her interview I'm like you had finisher of the night when you dropped her I thought you broke her <laughs> well I mean she,
1: she it's funny because if she Standing there, her, her actual stature, she doesn't come off as very large. She's a really nice girl. But she flexes, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're hiding those guns under there. You know what I mean? Like she's, and she's, she's only getting stronger and better. So, yeah, that would be an amazing match.
0: Put it this way. I love all of you ladies. I think you're all immense talents, but I would never want to meet any of you in a dark alley. Because I would get <laughs> my butt whipped. <laughs> That's
1: why you got to come, come come down to the factory. You can start by rolling. And then maybe we'll get you to a point where if you meet one of us in a dark
0: alley, you can just roll away. I can just roll away. I'll just get on. I'll just drop to my back. I'll take my bump, and I'll just be like, I'm gone. I'm gone. You're not going to catch me while I'm rolling. Yeah, well, see, that's work out. <clears throat> so, in your your career thus far, because it, it is a short one, it's only two years. Uh, in your yeah. career thus far, have you had the ability? To because, you know, the internet is so infactual, you try to do your research before an interview to prepare for these things, but you can't really tell what's real and what's fake. So I couldn't find, if you had, yet thus far, done an intergender match. If you haven't, that's okay. If you have... No, I haven't. Okay. No, I haven't. What's your stance? Because right now, intergender, it's kind of that hot button issue. It was very popular during the Attitude Era, as wrestling fans love to call it. That's the late 90s to the early 2000s, kind of the Monday Night Wars thing. But um, it kind of fizzled off. And now it's kind of, in the last year and a half to two years, there's been a real resurgence in it. It's becoming more popular. It's becoming more standard among promoters. It's becoming matches that I personally, myself, I look forward to those matches on the card. What's your stance on, on intergender wrestling? Because I have two daughters, and I love the fact that we're in a time when women in wrestling are, are 10 times better than some of the men. And I'll put my stamp on that. I've said it before. There are so many women out there that I, I pride, and my daughter looks up to so many as she's a big fan of Sasha Banks. I don't know if I like the blue hair. I hope she never dies it, but you know, she's a big fan of Sasha Banks. She loves Natty with all her heart. She thinks the world of Charlotte Flair. She love my wife is a big fan of the man. I myself, I was a Bailey guy. I love the hugger. Now she's not so much a hugger. So I don't know if I like her too much right now in this heel turn. It's kind of hurting my feelings. But for me all time, my favorite woman wrestler, female wrestler of all time for me is Lita. I love the high flying. I love getting up to the top and doing those moonsaults. That's what I, I love the most about wrestling is as much as I appreciate the power, I love the agility and the speed and the high flying. But in terms, back to my point about intergender, what's your stance on intergender? I think
1: that when, inter- when intergender wrestling is good it's really, really good. And the reason is because a good wrestling match, it's Two wrestlers that know what they're doing and know how to use their moveset to um, to work with with another wrestler It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever. Um, the goal is to tell a story, and if you're using your moveset to properly demonstrate what you could potentially be doing in that situation, it's going to be good. If you're, if, you know, this 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 goes for um, for anybody though. If you have a, a giant, like six five guy, who's two hundred and fifty pounds. Versus a guy who's five six, um, and you have this this smaller guy trying to do big guy moves. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's not enjoyable to watch. if It removes you from from what you're what you're seeing. But um, if you have uh, a female wrestler who they're, typically they're much smaller. If you have a female wrestler who is using what she knows and her her skill set and her and theoretically what she could actually be doing during this match versus somebody twice her size, um, it's amazing because it shows how you can be clever, it shows how you can, um, you know, uh,
2: smart somebody else or, or even find ways to overpower somebody else, a certain holds or whatever.
1: It, if it's done right, it's amazing. I think that um, that goes for any match. It, it should come down to the capabilities of two people. Like I've had intergender matches with, uh, with, People at while well, i training because we train matches all the time, and I, I very distinctly remember uh, Tyson telling me that he, is, he, is, he said exactly that it's the, the best match I've ever seen you have, and it was with a guy who was he's probably like six four, like he's huge. And it's because we we sat down and when we started talking about the match, the discussion that we had was, I mean, I'm, there's no there's no way that I would realistically be able to overpower you that's not going to happen so let's just keep that in mind as we put this together and we told a really cool story so as, as long as you're being realistic about how things are being sort of assembled and put together then, then yeah it's amazing it can be, it can be
0: incredible I, I, I love the answer it's pretty much the answer I've kind of gotten standard across the board Some, but I have gotten some that are like you know I'm not really, uh, I'm not really not against it, but I'm also not for it, and I get that because at the end of the day, society, how sensitive the world is today, it's a freaking ridiculous yeah. joke. But the world is so <laughs> sensitive that they wouldn't yeah. see two wrestlers, two trained professionals having a match. All they would see is a man attacking a woman, which, which
1: is, I mean, realistically, if, if, that, if that woman's getting in a match, it, in that in that gear she probably knows what's going to happen <laughs> she knows exactly what's going to happen when she gets in there if there's uh, an audience and she's she's dressed apart you know so it's kind of silly that that's the assumption that people don't do but this is this is uh, this is about communicating something to your fans like that's what there's so much that goes into wrestling um you know even beyond the wrestling itself and, and character development and, and doing things that resonate with the audience it's uh, when intergender wrestling is is, is at its, best. It's, it's some of the coolest stuff to watch because you can you can see how somebody who's half the size of somebody else could um figure out ways to sort of manipulate what the other person's doing it's uh, it, it's pretty cool it, it gets really it's, it's 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 a different style of wrestling than two guys that are both gigantic and, and smashed on each other you know so.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. There's another question I want to ask you, but after I interviewed Casey Spinelli, I actually have to retire the question because she, oh she rebuttaled the question so perfectly that I can't ask it. Because, okay. because it would just, it would just, I, I mean, it would, I'll tell you the question. I, I, you don't have, if you want to answer it, you can't. I, I try to paint. So if, a, my answer, if my hands is terrible, you can just cut it out entirely. No one will know we have it. <laughs> <laughs> so I always, I always paint a picture because I'm a big. First off, do you have you ever do you like comic books? Have you ever read comic books? Ever been into them at all?
1: I know of comic
0: books. Right. I'm watching. I'm
1: currently watching Heroes. So I mean, that's
0: a thing. That that is a thing. <laughs> that is a huge thing. No, but there's a. I'm a big fan of comic books. I Have actually a huge collection myself. And, uh, there was a series of comic books I loved when I was a kid, and they were by Marvel, and it was called What If. These were situational comic books, one issue per, one issue each, but they were all situations of if these things didn't happen, or if these things happened a different way, what would the world be like? For example, if Spider-Man didn't get bit by the spider, if the Hulk didn't get infected with gamma ray, if Wolverine didn't take the adamantium, stuff like that. So the question I posed to Spinelli, and like I said, she just rebuttaled it so perfectly that I had to retire it, but it was pretty much, I paint a picture like this. Let's say, you know, it's five years down the road for you, Shiloh, and you walk downstairs, you go to your kitchen, you have a cup of coffee, maybe you pet your dog on the head or your cat, whatever animal you have, maybe you have a turtle, I don't know. You pet it on the head, and you go, you make yourself breakfast, maybe you like your steak and eggs, maybe you like your bacon and eggs, maybe you like your vegan pancakes, Whatever you're into, you make it for breakfast. You sit down at your kitchen table, and in front of you lay five contracts. Five contracts for five different companies. All the same amount of money, all the same amount of show dates. One of them would be, uh, let's go with um, AEW. Another one would be WWE. Another one would be New Japan Pro. Another one would be Impact Wrestling. And the last one would be Ring of Honor. I only mentioned those five companies because those are the five companies that I really do follow on a 24-7, 365 basis. So here in front of you lay these five contracts. Again, all the same amount of money, all the same amount of commitment dates. Which company do you sign with and who do you go after first as your first rivalry within that company? If you want to answer, I will take. I would love you to answer, and then I'll tell you Spinelli's answer and how she totally just shazammed me.
1: Well, I do it's it's tricky because uh, where I'm at right now and where I'm at five years from now could be two completely different things, um, and what's happening in the industry and with these companies it could be different. I am. I, I do what I can to, like, I, I mainly follow, like, uh, I try to follow um, any and stuff and try and keep up with, like, people that I could realistically be working with in the near future,
2: and, uh, I, hmm, it's tough. It is tough.
1: I think that, as, I mean, it's,
2: I Just give me some, some give, me, like, give me an
0: answer for fun. Give me an answer for fun. It
1: would be, I mean, it would be cool to, it would be cool to work, uh, there's different. There's different advantages to each of these companies. Like working with WWE, that's the biggest uh, company in the world. It's the it's the one that everybody knows, and it's essentially seen as like that needs to need it. You know, that's like the. But before a lot of these other companies came along, that was the goal. Um, and now we have like AEW is on the rise right now, and it's, it's a different opportunity because it gives you an opportunity to grow with the company and. um and sort of establish yourself in a different way. And so, so there's, I don't know. It would, it would, depend. And I don't really
0: know that I have an answer for that, to be honest. And, and and that's and that's totally fine because I didn't prep you for the question, so I understand that. But let me tell you what Spinelli's answer was, and this is why I, I've had to retire the question. I let looked I at her. I've looked at her, and I asked her the question. And she said to me, "She goes, you know what? I'm not going to answer that question." Because I would look at them, all these five people offer me these contracts, I don't care about money, I don't care about commitment dates, I want to know what they're going to do for Spinelli, what they're going to do for my character, what they're going to offer to me to be different or take my career to the next level. And I looked at her and I said, damn it, that's that's like perfect. That's the absolute perfect freaking answer and now you've ruined the question for everybody else I've interviewed. She's uh, she's
1: sort of a legend for a reason. She knows exactly what she's doing, and that's uh, why she's just kind of continued to have success in the in the industry. long as she has. She knows, she
0: knows. what's going on. She knows what she's doing. Oh, I adore her. We we had so much fun for the twenty minutes, twenty five minutes that we were able to talk, and and uh, I, I just I adore her to no affair. She's just one of the coolest chicks I've ever met. Much like yourself, you're a very cool chick oh, yourself. Okay. <laughs> You know what? I will take back into finale any day. <laughs> Perfect. So my last question before we wrap it up. Everyone has a dream match. They they do. They have someone, whether it be a past wrestler, someone you 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 only follow, uh just started getting into recently, maybe somebody on the indies that you you want to obtain in a couple of years. But everyone has that dream match. What is Shiloh's dream opponent? Who's the one person, it could be somebody who's who's passed on, they're no longer here, it could be, you know, male, female, I don't care. What's your dream match? The one person, if you could and would get able to be in the ring and dance with them in the ring, who would you love to do that with? I would,
1: I would want to wrestle Kenny Omega, for sure. No question. He's, he's, he's my favorite wrestler, and, and he's proven um, that he not only... Like, he, he can make anybody look good. I, I think it'd be incredible just to watch the match back and see what he, he did with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel like it would be just, um, just a really cool thing to, to see myself wrestle somebody that, first of all, I admire, and uh, to just to see how much goes into, like, just to see how much he takes the risk and how much he can do with somebody like myself who maybe doesn't have uh, the experience or the set that he does because he's so amazing that I know that he'd be able to do some. Incredible thing, but I think that would be a really
0: cool thing to watch. One hundred percent, I love the answer. And uh, <laughs> my my dream match, if I ever could get in a ring and tangle with somebody, my dream match would be uh, Kevin Owens. Okay, but I would I would just okay. get destroyed by him, and I'd be okay with that.
1: I mean, I mean, sometimes that's exactly what you want to happen because
0: that's exactly what would happen if the, uh you know you met in a dark alley and you couldn't go away. Okay. Oh, there it is. See the dark alley. It haunts me, Shallow. It haunts me. Well, my dear, this has been an absolute amazing pleasure. Thank you for taking out the time. Thank you for being so candid with me. And I want to officially let you know that you are now a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you want to get back on the show, you absolutely can. And I actually want to invite you to do this. I'm going to make another public declaration. Okay. And eight months from now, nine months from now, when you are officially ready to get back to action, you're going to call me. And we're going to do okay. this all over again. And you're going to—we're going to spend the whole episode just talking about the uh, promoters that have booked you, what gigs you got coming up, and where people can see you. Because, my dear, you are an amazing talent. I know it's only been two years, but I think there's something special about you, and I think your star is on the rise. And like you said in your statement on Facebook, you are not done yet.
1: Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. I would love the opportunity to come back. This has been a lot of fun, and. Uh um, I, I think it's really cool that you, that you set aside some time to chat with me, even though I'm kind of out of commission right now. Um, it's, it's nice to be able to kind of talk about the things that, that I see for myself. And it, it's also kind of nice to let people know that I, uh, I'm not sort of, I'm not, I'm not pulling back behind the scenes or I think my heart's still 100% in this, but I definitely look back.
0: And that's what I wanted to showcase in this interview. And I think we did that perfectly.
1: <laughs> well, I've had a lot of fun talking to you today, so, uh, we will definitely do it again.
0: Absolutely. So like I said, when you're ready to get back in that ring, you call me and we're going to let the world know before I let you go. If anybody doesn't follow you by the end of this episode, I guarantee you they will let them know your socials across all platforms.
1: So I am on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It is all at I know Shiloh. Shiloh is spelled um, I, I, I kind of, I kind of, uh, hit myself out on my t-shirt. My t-shirts have my Instagram on them as well. Uh, and I, I sell merch through all my, my social media
0: too. So if you want to help a girl out because I can't
1: work right now, that would be cool. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a wrestler.
0: I have no money. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Girls, whoever's listening to this when it drops, get on those Instagrams, buy a shirt from her, and help her out. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking with me. All right, my dear. You enjoy the rest of your night, okay? You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, guys, that was Shiloh. That was another great one in the books, as I always do. I want to let you know what next week's episode is, but I'm not going to tell you. You know I'm not. I'm never going to tell you. you got to follow the socials, which you will hear at the end of the show. And don't forget, our merchandise on Pro Wrestling Tees, like my friend Shiloh just said, podcasters, we don't make a whole ton of money either. So support, support, support. Whatever shirts you guys buy, whatever I make off those shirts, goes right back into the podcast, trying to get better equipment, trying to get better, trying to bring the best talent to You guys, the Straight Talk faithful. As always, I appreciate you. I am your host, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. There's no better time to save on Tempur-Pedic than during Mattress Firm's Black Friday sale. For a limited time, save up to $600 on select Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get $300 in bonus cash, good toward your choice of sleep accessories. No one has more Tempur-Pedic than Mattress Firm. So don't wait. Take home the most highly recommended bed in America. Feel the comfort of Tempur-Pedic yourself at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. out to participating locations only. For the details visit MattressFirm.com slash